What's going on everyone, Haley Elwood here and welcome to this week's episode of Playmakers. Since we're just a couple weeks out from the 2020 NFL Draft, today's guest is Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia is NFL Network's analytics expert and every draft season, she does her own analytics-based mock drafts on NFL.com. We'll hear from her on why her mocks are a little different, who she's picking one through five, and oh yeah, who she has the Chargers selecting with the sixth overall pick. All right, let's welcome in NFL Network's analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, how are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there, just chilling in the kitchen right now. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the new reality. It's a beautiful kitchen. I do have to say that. Thanks. You know, there's a lot going on in here right now, but not a lot going on right here now, except for this, but you know, we're good. (laughs) We're good. So we have you on because we're going to run through a mock draft all the way through the Chargers pick. You do have mock drafts on NFL.com, but yours are a little different because they're analytics based. So how would you describe that? So we were trying to show when I talked to my editor about what kind of mock is sort of missing from the marketplace. And we wanted to look at one that only considered how many wins were added by adding just one player and then the wins for 2020. Because once you got passed out projecting one season, like, I don't know who's going to be available in the draft next year. And it just becomes way too theoretical in that regard. So what we did was we took, all right, here's the, here's the game. You have one pick. You're not allowed to make any trades and who adds the most wins. Just, just adding the one player Mm -hmm. given the current personnel at the time of writing it. So, you know, my my most recent mock came out like about 10 days ago. So mm-hmm. you know, not much has changed in terms of free agency from that point, but we had to update it after, of course, after free agency got into full swing. So who adds the most wins given what we know right now? How often do you update them given sort of the changes the teams are still making at this point, even though we're getting closer to the draft now? So I'm about weekly because I want to, right when the draft starts, um, see to me, this can approximate sort of an opportunity analysis that a team could be looking at real time during the draft. Because Mm -hmm. of course, you know, look, not necessarily in the first round, but in subsequent rounds, you do have kind of a trade-off between who, for example, at the, at the running back position, you know, you can get into the second or third round and you can be like, all right, we can either draft this running back or get this free agent running back and then draft this linebacker or whatever, another, you know, the team. So doing that Mm -hmm. opportunity analysis real time, that can be helpful for teams during the actual draft. Again, kind of take round one out of it because you have so much invested in round one that you need to get that right. Right. Like, so if you're, if you're able to then go forward and kind of do your cost benefit analysis, you know, real time of those subsequent picks, then you're in great shape. So we show it for the first round because these are the names that people are the most familiar with. It's the most interesting in terms of team needs and what adds the most wins, but in terms of actual applications and every team has an analytics department, some function like this, they can do that. And and it it becomes a really interesting, an interesting thing for them. So I'm updating mine, you know, as the draft picks go in, it slides out. Luckily I write computer code. So it all kind of happens automatically. Nerd alert. (laughs) alert. We'll take it though. It's very interesting. It is totally above my head, but Let's get right into it. Here in the first round, the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock with the first overall pick. Who are they taking? So I do think Joe Burrow will go here. I do. Absolutely. Because every rumor I've heard, I love Daniel Jeremiah. He does such a great job. Obviously, you guys are super familiar with him. If he says that's what he's hearing, I'm with DJ. But if you were to look at the analytics, we're going to go with Chase Young off the edge here. Because in terms of what the Cincinnati Bengals have in their arsenal right now, namely a horrible offensive line, a very bad O-line, adding 
adding Chase Young to add add the pressure on the pass rush. I mean, you got a Bosa on your team at the Chargers. You know what it's like when you have good pass rushing ability. So, and Melvin Ingram on the other side, obviously very helpful. So if you're looking for a one-year pop, it's got to be Chase Young for me in that spot. Though I think in reality, it'll be Joe Burrow. (laughs) When you pick a guy like Chase Young and take him first overall, does that mean to you he is the best player in this year's draft? He is the best player in this year's draft in my model for the sake of, okay, Mm -hmm. if you're going to project out who independent of team fit, because as we know, team fit is absolutely everything. Some positions are more dependent on team fit than others. So for example, whoever is the quarterback for the Bengals will need the Bengals to invest in that O-line. It doesn't even matter, right? And right now, if you look in the marketplace, you could get a very good free agent quarterback. Have we heard of Cam Newton, anyone? Right? And put him in that spot. And then Chase Young provides more. So for me, Chase Young is the best, is the best, like the the most sure because he's the Mm -hmm. most independent. Makes sense. All right. Washington Redskins up at number two. So the Washington Redskins, all right, I'm going to make one, I'm going to take a liberty here because I don't think that Trent Williams will be back. I saw his Instagram feed, his Twitter feed. You know, I I, I don't think it's official yet, to my knowledge. I, I have not seen, I don't know anything about his, I'm not in his you know, contract, but I do, not believe, <laughs> I do not believe he'll be back. Meaning I think that they should take the very best potential left tackle that's available in the draft. I think they should, you know, absolutely fortify that, especially with Dwayne Haskins, who they invested in last season. And for me, that means Andrew Thomas, who's a tackle that comes out of Georgia. He has, I spent a lot of time um, measuring. There's four tackles in this draft that are really projected to be above average or elite. And for me, Andrew Thomas happens to be the highest rated one of them. So Detroit has a number three overall pick. A lot of talk about potentially maybe them moving out of that spot, but with no trades, if they stay at three, who do they take? Okay, so I'm, I'm with you. I think this this spot gets traded out. I think, I, I actually think, look, I'm from Michigan. I think yeah. they're stupid if they don't, right? Like, you got to figure it out because I think their biggest need, especially after trading away Darius Slay, their biggest need mm-hmm. would be corner. And corner, so typically teams, they prioritize positions, so it goes you, first, you have your quarterback, obviously, and then you've got your pass rusher. So that's why the Chase Young thing. And then you got your left tackle. And then it's kind of debate, receiver or corner. And, and it, it's six of one, half a dozen of another in terms of what's the next most important. So for me, Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, the, this year's cornerback class, which, by the way, Chargers fans don't even need to know one thing about corners because you are so stacked at that position. Don't even worry about it. it you're, what corner? I'm not worried. Next, <laughs> but Jeff Okuda is to me by far and away. There's one guy who projects to be really good, and then the rest kind of all down here around average, mm-hmm. above average to maybe like a little above average. But Jeff Okuda is absolutely like heads and shoulders projects to be the best one for me. All right, so New York Giants up at number four. <clears throat> Let me be honest with you. My favorite player in this whole draft, and I I rarely pick favorites, but some people are harder for me to track with computer vision and all of the unbiased metrics that I use. And I'm going to be honest with you, because he was so hard, I spent a lot of time looking at Isaiah Simmons. And I think the Giants, Isaiah Simmons, oh my gosh, he's just like, like, you know, Derwin James, he's kind of like that. Like he has some Derwin James, or, you know, if you're a Giants fan, maybe he's more like a Lawrence Taylor, but um, I actually, that's what I think they could really benefit from. However, they did pick up Blake Martinez in free agency and he's really good. And they looked at, they got James Bradbury. So they're corner. So just edging out Isaiah Simmons is actually some guy who projects to play right tackle 
protecting mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, helping Saquon Barkley, creating more stability along the O-line. So for me, Tristan Wirfs is going to be the next one. He's uh, He projects to play right tackle or to succeed the most playing right tackle for me. He's out of Iowa. He's a junior. He's, you know, look, it's like I said, there are four guys, four offensive linemen that are tackles that are really projected strong in me just because he fits that right tackle profile so well. That's why he's number two. All right. Miami Dolphins up at number five. Well, there he is. Miami Dolphins, they get in my in my mock, they get Joe Burrow. The reason why is that Joe Burrow, his quarterback projection, both under pressure, not under pressure. The resume that we saw last season, so 2019, with Joe Brady as his coordinator, that resume is nasty. Like I can compare that year over year to any of the guys that are in my sample, and he just pops, he pops off the charts. The the problem is that the year prior, so we saw a big jump in his development 2018 to 2019. What that tells me, a big, like bigger than or an outsized jump. What that tells me is that there's a bit more volatility, meaning it does matter who's playing around him. I mean, look at those wide receivers. He had like Justin Jefferson will go in the first round. And then the guy who's an underclassman can't even be draft eligible. Well, (laughs) would have gone in the first round, might even be better than Justin Jefferson. And then their running back will go high as well. So the the point is, is while I I am very high on Joe Burrow, let me be clear, every quarterback in the national football, there's no, there's not one single quarterback ever in the history of the national football, including Andrew Luck, who was probably the highest regarded draft, you know, draft eligible. Everybody needs a system around them to help them. So Mm -hmm. for me, even, and the Dolphins, they got to work in their system a little bit, especially that O-line. But to me, their biggest opportunity right here is to pick Joe Burrow. All right. And then number six, here we go. The Los Angeles Chargers. Who are they selecting? So my model likes things that are known, right? And what we know about Tyrod Taylor is that we saw in Buffalo, we saw in Cleveland. He has very consistent traits. He's not a turnover prone quarterback. He's not a quarterback who he, he executes what is asked of him at a high level on a consistent rate right? At a consistent rate. So I have a smart pairing would be him and Tua. Now, Tua is polarizing for some people because of the injury. And we have, you know, it feels like there's unclear medical on him. Um, but in to me, I can only go with what I know. And if he says he's better, then I got to believe him, right? Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I don't, I don't know. So for me, Tua is that, that kind of they actually have some traits that would help each other. Tua at his best is has that quick passing of it. We saw he was like a good blend of like quick passing and then like strategic deep target, mm-hmm. which is really, think about it, quick passing, Austin Eckler, any of your tight ends, and then the deep strategic plays. I mean, you've obviously got, there's that one guy, you know, number 13, like with Keenan Allen and those strategic, and obviously Keenan Allen out of the slot. He's a nightmare matchup all over the field. So, but if you think about being able to use that strategically and two Mm -hmm. is more mobile and so is Tyrod. Again, the injury is something to absolutely take into consideration, but I'm kind of asserting that to the best of our knowledge, it's okay. He's fine. There he is. There is what, that's what we're going with. Cynthia Freeland picking Tua Tungavailoa to go to the Bolts. Cynthia, thank you so much for joining me on this mock draft today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Stay safe.